Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Hope we had a great week. I hope the weekend's off to a good start and you're ready for a little food, wine, and fun. Emphasis on little. You know, I try and... We talked all kinds of chefs and uh, people that make cookbooks and food and things. And because I'm huge, I always try and find books that seem to make sense to me. This one is simply titled Food, Eat With Ease Every Day. Got a pretty gal on the front, my guest, Amy Friendberg Trophis, and it's a small book, and it's there's not a it's not a cookbook, but it is a, a, a life book, and I, I want my guest to tell you more about it. So let's introduce her. Amy, welcome to the Good Life. Hi, guy. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm a big guy, Amy, 311 pounds. And, uh, exactly where I was. Yeah, and we have several things in common. And uh, mine started. I was never uh, on the Fat Boy program in the Air Force, uh, and then I lost my thyroid just before I retired from the Air Force. And uh, holy mackerel! Between that and the fact that I love to eat and drink, and I'm really good at it, um, <laughs> you, you can get the picture. Um, so there's a lot of things that that, that resonate. Uh, for me personally, and that's what I think makes your book so different. That in the beginning, it says it's not another diet book, and this is a good thing. Um, why don't you do this? I, I, I hate to just turn you loose, but I think you're up for it based on looking at your website. And folks, you you need to go visit Amy's website, Amy Freinberg, F-R-E-I-N-B-E-R-G.com, and look at all the things that this young lady does. Um and then you'll want to get a copy of the book. And we're going to give away a copy here uh, when we go into the second break. Tell us about you, Amy. Give us your, this is your life story in, in, in detail as much as you can. We only got about uh, 18, 20 minutes total talk time, but you get the picture where I'm at. I, if, I if you could read the book to me, I'd love it, but it, it probably too long. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real pleasure to be here. And and thank you for saying that the book resonated with you because the whole reason I wrote it was so that someone who's tried everything and just feels like this is impossible, um, 
you know, can kind of read it and get a fresh start and maybe look at things with new eyes. Um, This is exactly what happened to me. I was morbidly obese my entire life through adulthood until recently. And I was treated differently because of it, which I think is completely wrong. The medical community was callous, abrupt, and unhelpful, my personal experience. And I have people in my family who are clinicians, and they say, yeah, we're not taught how to communicate and how to deal with people who are overweight. There's a stigma attached to it. We want to get in the room and out of the room as quickly as we can. I've been, you know, I've experienced like staff whispering about me and my size, just really hurtful stuff, which has a devastating effect to the patient because what you start to do, at least what I started to do, is stay home when I needed care. Because, you know, let's say I had a sinus infection, I wouldn't want to go see my physician because somebody would say something to me or, God forbid, I'd have to get weighed. And getting weighed was traumatic for me. And and, and speaking of trauma, I think if I were to, to sum up you know, how I got to that point, I, I grew up with a severely alcoholic mom who used alcohol to numb her pain. And sadly for her, she had a great deal of pain. And what that did, and I didn't realize this guy until I wrote the book, I had a lot of animosity toward her in my life because she was tough. She was severely alcoholic. She was abusive. I felt like why didn't she get it together for me? Why, why, why did she treat me like this? And it was, it was tough. I mean, there's some very extreme situations that I was faced with from a very young age. And what 10-year-old me decided to do was reach for food every time things got tough. And my whole life, I mentally berated myself for that. You know, oh, I'm a loser. I reach for food. I can't control myself. Until... Uh, The woman who wrote the foreword in my book, Irene Pace, said to me, 10-year-old you was brilliant. And it gives me chills just saying that because I never thought of myself as brilliant. She said, you were literally on your own. You were living through a really tough situation. And you coped the best way you knew how. And in that way, you were brilliant. And when I think about it, if I think about you know, 10-year-old me not being part of me, I'm like, yeah, that, that kid made it through some really tough times and it happened to have made it reaching for food. Then when I wrote the book, I realized, oh my gosh, I am the same as my mother. She reached for alcohol, I reached for food. And in that moment, that parallel, excuse the expression, was absolutely sobering because it, it allowed me to forget, forgive her um, and really truly understand what she must have been, she's gone now, but what she must have been going through to be so severely alcoholic and, and be waiting in it all the time. She must have been so broken inside. And, and when I think of that, I only have love and compassion for her, you know? And, and so in that way, this experience in this book was really healing. But on top of that, so I, you know, I, I, you said 311 pounds and that's exactly where I stopped weighing myself. I went higher but I never checked. So I, I probably gained another 20 to 30 to 40 pounds. I don't know for sure. So I always used my top weight of 311, but I'm fairly certain that I was quite a bit more than that. And what I say, to, what I say when I think back on it is, for me personally, the larger I grew on the outside, the more I shrunk on the inside. And I mean that in terms of like saying no 
to going places because I wouldn't want the stares or the whispers or the, the sideways glances or the giggles. And by the way, I'm 57 now, 20 years ago. Now there's a tremendous amount of acceptance for people who look, you know, look all different shapes and sizes and levels of ability and everything. I think it's an amazing, wonderful thing. I did not grow up at that time. Yeah. For me, being curvy or big or heavy was not pretty attractive, cool, or it was actually a free-for-all. You know, I remember one time watching the David Letterman show, and even he joked about it. You know, no fat chicks, no fat chicks. And I thought, man, does anybody give <laughs> bigger people a break here? It's like it's like you're fair game because you carry extra weight. Well, if you start to think about that weight as a trauma response, which was my case, I reached for food because I didn't know how else to cope with my feelings. I didn't even know there was another way. Frankly, Guy, I'll be honest, I didn't even know I was having <laughs> having a feeling. When I think back on it, I was on such autopilot that when things felt a little anxiety-producing or scary or happy or uncertain, food was always the go-to, 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 go-to. I wasn't eating from being hungry. I didn't need fuel. I was just on autopilot with food. So it got me to a place where I was very, very overweight. And, you know, I was, I was sort of, I'm also, I was also just under six feet. So I was also tall and I quote unquote carried my weight. Well, you know, nobody knew that I weighed as much as I did, but I started to have back pain. I certainly wasn't dating or doing anything like that. I didn't even want to go out of my house. I worked, I went home. I didn't ever go to a social event because man, if you go to a buffet, people stare at what you put, what I, what I would put on my plate. I just, I was acutely aware of all of the um, eyes being on me in a place, and it didn't, it didn't feel good. So fast forward, my, my father, who was older at the time, fell. He took a bad fall, and many people know, like older people, when they have a severe fall, it's sort of a recipe for death. You know, there's going to be some sort of period where maybe they heal a little bit, maybe they go downhill. He developed an, he developed a... Um, a breathing problem from it because he was immobilized and he died. But the days leading up to his death, he asked me to bring my 13-year-old son, I was married married by that time, and I had a 13-year-old son, to him. And he said, you know, he, he petted the side of his bed. And at this time, we were all pretty sure that he was recovering, like somehow he was going to pull this out and he was going to come home. I think he knew he wasn't going to recover. So he patted the side of my bed, and my son perched there in the hospital bed, and he said, and he Levi, and he said, you know, Levi, life comes down to this. You make the life you want. Be happy. And I can tell you in that moment, even though those words from, were for my son, the top of my head, like, blew off because I was like, oh, my God, it's as easy and as hard as that. Make the life you want and be happy. And... Yeah, well, yeah. We got to take a break. I hate this. We're not going to have enough time, but uh, we'll come back to that. And then uh, I, I want you to try and highlight in the things that you provide with this book because it is, it's it's a life changing. And you have got, with your 150 pound weight loss, and you've kept it off, and and you look great. And I'm sure you're just the same person inside, only happier now. And we'll talk about that. Quick break. We'll be right back with Amy Feinberg Trophis. Amy's book is simply called Food. Eat with ease every day. Learn more at abfreinberg.com. There's links at goodlikeguy.com. We'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 